unique skills and abilities. The church is built up and grows because of these differences. What we are more effective in serving our community is the multi-skilled group of people rather than trying to do ourselves online. It's difficult to relate closely to a large group of people. Jesus had a few close disciples, although he had many, many followers. Although this is not a large church, I really appreciate the small group that I belong to. It has diversity of ages and interests, and it's small enough that we can grow to really get to understand each other. We can share our concerns and pray for one another. We trust each other, not to talk about things outside the group we're not concerned about. And in a gentle way, they hold me accountable to walk the talk. So why do I belong to the church? Well, the church is not about money, let me say that. But the question was put to me, why do I belong? In summary, I belong because Jesus called me to follow him and model Christian community in his time of life. I belong to a group of Christians who relate to each other as extended family, but also look beyond themselves and want to be, I guess, relevant to the community in which we live. I'm encouraged here to grow deeper in my faith. I can expect here to be cared for and be supported. I am also expected here to support and care for others, to look beyond my own needs and serve others. My belonging here publicly demonstrates to people that I identify as a disciple of Jesus. So that's why I belong, and that's why I see worship services in our small group as priority Church 
is a very, very big example of that. We are people who all live with faith and belief that unite us and also call us to be a community to serve. Community is also important to God. Jesus built his own community of disciples. These disciples then set out to establish their own communities of believers. Based upon this, I am just and reflecting on this, I enjoy the friends that I have made within this church community. I enjoy our small group. The faith I have developed here as well, these have all enhanced my belief in God and Jesus within this community. I'm sure you're sensing a thing. I serve this community because that's what I believe is important. The community side of things. Making sure people feel welcome, making sure that we serve each other, help each other, and know that you actually have people outside of yourself and in your family that you can rely upon. Guaranteed, if you ask me to help you to move some big heavy things, I'm usually there for a small price of pizza and Pepsi. But for a larger, larger calling, it's because I believe God calls us to help one another and serve one another. I stay with this community because I want to keep the feeling of discipleship and welcome prospering within our church. That is why I believe I belong to this community. That's all I want to say. I'd just like to pray for Gavin now before he starts his sermon. Heavenly Father, I lift Gavin to you now. May you bless his mind and his mouth as you always do. May your words, good news, and blessings be spoken through Gavin. I pray for our church community. May we listen to Gav with fresh ears, big smiles, and warm hearts. I pray that our church community continues to prosper and that these extremely turbulent times do not hinder believers coming to find you or coming to join our community. All the prayers that we hold in our hearts and have left unsaid, I also lift you. And thank you, Dan. Thank you, Ian and Rach. Uh, I loved hearing from everyone. It was uh, it's great to hear what it is about belonging to a church that you love. So this morning, I, I want to continue on with that and just explain to you, uh, to you that are here, it's great to see so many people here. Thank you for doing all the right things and saying COVID safe as well. It's great to have the kids here. It's great to have the people online as well, and if, uh, if you're tuning in online and you've never been part of this church community, I hope something of why we do what we do comes out this morning. So, um, for a lot of people today, I, I talk to people, uh, uh, sometimes inappropriately, and just talk to random strangers. Uh, my kids... Uh, have a go at me and Beck for the way that we just talk to random people. But I love it. I love chatting 
to people, but I want to do what I talk to. The idea of organised religion isn't a natural one. It's, it's not something that they have necessarily had the experience of or understand why you get involved in it. It seems a bit foreign. I, I kind of share that sense a little bit in this, this idea that faith should be authentic and real and natural and shouldn't be forced or organised or um, dictated. I think we live in a time where we've, we're, we're in a bit of a deconstructionist time where we don't have a lot of trust in institutions and there may be an experience of being hurt. That's a reality that I think we have to acknowledge at, right out the front as we talk about church. That we have many different experiences of church. I heard a quote once that said that a church can be the best place in the world and it can be the worst place in the world. And that's true. When the church is at its best, there is nothing else like it. It is a beautiful, amazing place to belong to. And because of that, on the flip side, when things go south, they can go south in a really destructive way. So right at the front, I want to acknowledge that church isn't perfect, but that God intends it to be good. That a healthy church is an incredible gift, and it's a gift that God wants to give us. It's a bit like family. The opposite of an unhealthy family is not no family. It's healthy family. Healthy family is what we're created for. It's good for us. It matters. It's fantastic. As um, as Rachel shared in and Dan as well, the church functions as an extended family. When God is your father, it makes other believers your brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, this is who we are. Part of the reason we belong to church is because God has made us a part of his family. We are a new spiritual family. So we look out for one another. We care for each other when we're in need. We carry one another's burdens. We support and encourage one another. We're organised, not in the way that a business is organised, but in the way that a family is organised, so that we can live lives together well. So that we can meet regularly and be healthy and look after one another. The church is fairly unique in this. Uh, I'm often reminded that the church is the one place where people from all different walks of life, different ages, different cultures, different backgrounds, different socio-economic areas, different interests come together in unity. And it's an incredible gift. Ian kind of spoke about their small group and how he appreciates the fact that people from all different walks of life gather together to care for one another, love one another, and encourage one another. So special. It's also tricky. It creates challenges. It's much easier to get together when you're all the same, when you don't have to bear with one another or have differences of perspective. That diversity creates challenges, but it's such a gift. Um, there's, a, there's a great story. I, I think it's attributed to C.S. Lewis. 
Uh, it's about a young man who came to see us Lewis one day and said, I've been following Jesus for a while, but my faith isn't really inspiring me anymore. I've kind of lost that fire. And as he was talking, the story goes that C.S. Lewis took a coal from his coal fireplace, took it out with some tongs and just placed it on the hub. And this coal that had been burning red hot slowly over the course of their conversations grew cold and turned black. And then at the end of the conversation, C.S. Lewis took that coal and put it back into the fire. And with all these other coals around it, it, it caught, caught fire again and started to blow. And he said, when we're not in community, our faith grows cold. But when we gather together, we fire one another up and we uh, are alive. You can't fully follow Jesus without belonging to a community of faith. We were created to be a community. We're called to be God's family together. And unless we're together, we grow cold. We're created for community. God has made us a family. It's an incredible gift. Alright, so the church is a family. That's who we are. But secondly, the church is the dwelling place of God. Uh, in 1 Corinthians it says this, it says, Don't you know that you yourselves, so us gathered here, are God's temple, and God's spirit dwells, dwells in your midst. So in the Old Testament, the place where you would go to encounter God was the temple, that was the holy place, that was the place of encounter where God dwelt. But in Jesus, God was reconciling the world to himself and bringing us back into relationship with him, and he no longer dwells in the God is no longer found in a temple. The place where God is found is amongst his people. So this is the place. When you gather like this, my spirit will be with you and amongst you. Um, Ephesians tells us that through Jesus, in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So God lives in this place. We, we don't control that. Uh, it's not something that we take for granted, but God promises that when we gather together as his people, he will be present in the midst as we worship, as we listen to his word, as we pray together, as we use our gifts serve, as we share in communion, God by his spirit is present with us and we encounter him. This is a place of encounter. In Jesus, God is asking and inviting us to know him and have a relationship with him. And in his church, this is a primary place where we encounter him. There are other places, the whole world is the Lord's and he is present in it. But he promises, when you gather as the church, I will be particularly there in your midst. That is the place where you will most see me. 
Lift out this diverse group of people who are worshipping me and following me and serving me. More than anywhere else on earth, we encounter God in the church. And I know for a fact that you who are gathered here have had many experiences of that. I know if you've ever had that experience of being away from church for a while and coming back and just suddenly being struck afresh by the power and presence of God. It's awesome. That's why COVID's been so hard for us. We don't just like meeting together because it's a nice thing to do. We have a conviction that this is essential to our spiritual practice, that God is present as we gather in his name. So um, that's why we are trying to gather as, as we are able over this period. I'm not sure what's going to happen next week. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to meet together in person. If not, God will work with that. But if we're able, we will meet and we'll do it as safely as possible. And honouring our government and the direction that we've been given. Part of our faith is to honour those that God has put in leadership. But within that, we seek to meet as God's people because we're convinced that when we meet like this, God will be spirit present amongst us, and he is working in power. Um, one thing I, I do want to say about this image of temple, a building where God dwells, is that the way the scripture describes it is that it's a temple that isn't finished yet. It still has work to do. It's a temple that is still being built. It's a temple that needs some work done. I love looking around this building and seeing that it needs painting and it needs cracks that are to be filled. We'll keep at that. <laughs> We've got some plans to do that. But I also love that in this place, for over 100 years, people have encountered God. That even though, you know, we could do this in new carpet or whatever, that God is present amongst his people, even though we're not perfect. I love that God does that. It's awesome. It's an incredible gift. Alright, so God's, uh, the church is a family. The church is a temple where God dwells. Do you know that uh, Glen Oxman Baptist Church legally is an incorporated body? Uh, does anyone know what the word incorporated means? Lawyers. We, we need breaks here. We should have got it in busy. Anyone know what incorporated means? Luke knows, come on, Luke. Oh, yeah, the country's still on fire. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me what it means in Canada. <laughs> come on. <laughs> incorporated literally means made body. So when you um, have an incorporated body, it means it's a group that functions like it's a person. So um, there are lots of different incorporations for lots of different causes. Um, but the church, this church and every other Christian church, is a body that is the incorporation, the embodiment of Jesus. So this is the place where now Jesus Christ lives out his life in the world. Again, Jesus is active all over the world. The world is his, but 
Through the church, Jesus has said, this is the place where I will primarily live and carry out my life. Through this group of people. Um, in Ephesians, Paul tells us, you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. Um, with all our diversity and gifts and personalities, each of us is a part of the body of Christ. And we are the place where God is at work in this world. Um, we've got a few basketballers here. Um, I was just thinking about how to communicate this idea of body and what we are to do. So, this is a place where Jesus' life and mission are lived out. This is his body. Imagine that you're a part of a basketball team, except you don't want to train or be coached or play in games. Are you a part of a basketball team? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. Like, there are those people who hang around the club and encourage people and cheer them on, and they're almost essential to a basketball team. But that's not really what I'm talking about. The point is to be active. Jesus' body is to be active. When Jesus left this earth, he said, "It's good for me to go because unless I go, you won't do the greater things that I can do." He was actually saying, when I go, my body will take on a life and a breath that can't just be contained in one person, in one place, at one time. Jesus wants his body to be active in this world. He has a part for you to blame. We have a purpose as a church. We are an incorporation of the kingdom of God. Jesus mission, Jesus' purpose is lived out in us and each of us has a part to play in it to bring the love and the power of Jesus to bear upon this world. We are his body and we're supposed to be moving and active and playing the game. Playing the game of living out his kingdom, of loving people, of doing justice, loving mercy and walking humbly with our God. Each of us has a way that we can you might be a point guard, you might be a bench warmer, you might be a centre, you might be a coach, you might be the person that cuts up the oranges, you might be the trainer or the person who, what are they called, the physiotherapist or whatever. But each of us has a role to play on the team. It's something that requires us to have a practice have a game plan, to be organised, to be intentional, to be healthy and functioning. I'm using lots of sports analogies. That's pretty intentional, actually. I feel like lots of you are into sports. But I reckon the success of a team is largely determined by the health of the organisation that's behind it. It's not determined by the incredible talents of individual players. Except for some basketball teams. <laughs> there are some basketball players who can basically win a game by themselves. But in any other sport, the success of a team is determined largely 
by the health of that entire organisation. That's why sports media is so concerned with all the stories about how a team is going and their health. It matters, it makes a difference on game day. As a church, we are the body of Christ and we're called to be a healthy, fit, functioning body. That's what we hope we are. That is what God has called us to be. And there's nothing better than belonging to a healthy, functioning team. We're a team. Alright, I need to finish up. So the church is a family. The church is um, the dwelling place of God. The church is a body that has a job to do. But the church is not finished. It's the last thing that I want to talk about. We've got work to do. So, uh, I'm very much aware of this. Um, as a pastor, you have this interesting thing where um, people look at the church and they assume it's the way that I want it. And so they come to me and say, look, this over here isn't working very well. Like they're telling me something I didn't know and it's not working very well because I haven't uh, made it work very well. The church isn't finished. God is still working on us. Often when people come to me, I go, yeah, I know that over there needs some work and I'd love some help in doing it. Let's pray for it. Let's get it happening. Let's work together to see it grow and help because God hasn't finished with us yet. We've got work to do. We've got growing to get on with. We've got maturing to do. I would love to see the young people that are part of the church growing up into healthy, passionate, mature leaders. I'd love to see some of the old people that are in this church grow up into healthy, passionate, mature leaders. And I'd love to see all of us continue to grow in our capacity, in our character, in our passion. And the primary job of the church is to do that, is to encourage people, to raise people up, to raise up healthy followers of Jesus. The church is a weird organisation in that primarily doesn't exist for those who are part of it. What it exists for is to help people encounter Jesus, help people from outside the church encounter Jesus. We're not displaced. There's still more room for people. Help them encounter Jesus and then grow them up into healthy followers of Jesus who can grow healthy followers of Jesus, who can grow healthy followers of Jesus, etc., etc. We're to pass on the baton. Grow into healthy disciples ourselves and then disciples and raise other people up. So the last image I want to leave, leave with you, there's family, there's temple, there's body or team. The last image is that of a nursery. Not a children's nursery, a plant nursery. The church is growing. Its aim is to grow from a little seedling to a huge forest. That's where we're meant to be going. 
If you are looking at a little seedling and you're expecting it to be a forest, you've got to look at it with a lot of patience. <laughs> the thing that you've got to focus on is what is the next thing that we can do? How can we help this little sapling grow into a bigger tree? How can we help that tree then produce fruit? How can we help that fruit then get sown and nurtured and grow up? God is in the process of transforming the world. He wants the whole earth to be filled with his glory, the way that the waters cover the sea. And scarily, his primary way of doing that is through the church. He's chosen us to be the place that is partnering with him as he grows and transforms the world. So we need each other. We're here to encourage one another, to encounter Jesus and raise one another up, to spur one another on with good works and our gifts. Probably um, the illustration for this, the example that comes to mind, is the German resistance during World War II, or the French resistance during World War II. Uh, they were in occupied territory, but they had a plan to overthrow the Nazi regime. So they got together, they built networks, they encouraged each other, and they forged on. It's really hard when you're in enemy-occupied territory to uh, grow, to develop, to stay focused, unless you've got a group of people around you. The church lives in the kingdom of this world, but our aim is to see the kingdom of God be born. And so we work together and we encourage one another and we raise up leaders and get on with the job. Alright, I need to finish up. This is where the rubber hits the road. If you come to this church, if you belong to this church, my hope for you is that you would be loved and welcomed. That you would encounter God in this place. That as we sing worship, as we share the word of God, as we met together, you would encounter God in our midst. That you would serve and grow and have a chance to play your part in the mission of God. And that you would mature and be encouraged and spurred on and that we would grow and be more fruitful in the kingdom of God. We won't do it perfectly. God's still working on us. We've got a way to go. It's not always easy. Church is one of the hardest places in the world because of our diversity. It's awesome that we've got all these people from different perspectives and different ways of life. But it requires us to be gracious and kind and bear with one another. And when we do, it's a beautiful place that we belong. It brings money to God and achieves something that nowhere else in the world can achieve. We are created to belong to this place. And it's an incredible blessing. So it's great to have you here this morning. You're in the right place. Um, if you don't belong to a church, if you're watching on, on, online, I'd love you to get connected with us and find out what belonging to a church family actually feels like. Um, I'm going to hand over to Anne, who's going to uh, uh, help us respond to kind of uh, this discussion on what the church is. So good luck, Anne. I'm going to hand all over to you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning.
First of all, we've all been sitting for a while, so I'm going to invite you to all stand up, have a little stretch, maybe have a little sort of turn around in your little space where you are, being careful about where you're sitting on and how you're supposed to do. Maybe have a look around at the people around you in the room while you're doing it. Now I'm going to ask you to take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to show you how he wants you to be his gift to the church.
We thank you, Lord, that we are your gifts to one another. We ask you to show us how to continue being those gifts. Lord, we ask your blessing on this church, on this community. May we be salt and light to the community around us. Lord, we ask your blessing that we will grow, that we will mature. That we would be more light in this world. Amen.